Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. And God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding, His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life, it's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious, think well, advance good. This is Q. For the great majority of us, listening can seem to be too dangerous. So the first requirement is the courage to be able to change yourself. Are you willing? Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons for the first week of 2019. I'm Paul Perot from Faith Radio. You often hear the phrase from us, stay curious, think well, and advance good. Part of staying curious is listening, especially with ideas you may not have considered before and sometimes for people you generally may not agree with. Today, we'll hear two talks on that topic. Gabe, tell us about the first one. I want to introduce this talk that just took place this last year at our Q event. It was by Bobette Buster, and she's amazing. She's like a story guru. She's worked with so many different companies, Pixar, Disney Animation, the Disney Channel, Sony Animation. She's somebody who understands the power of story. And in understanding the power of story, something that she grappled with that she brought out at this year's Q conference was looking at our culture and realizing that few people actually are listening anymore. We do a lot of talking. We do a lot of grandstanding. We put our points of view out in social media. We say what we think, and we think that's all we need to do. We don't understand that the actual power comes when we listen to the other, when we know how to develop that skill. Let's listen in now for nine minutes as Bobette Buster helps us better understand the art of listening. The thing about listening is we either approach it from two points of view, resentment or astonishment. We'll say, oh, that person made me listen. I couldn't believe it. Or you never listen to me. Or with astonishment, that person really knows how to listen. The fact is we have made it a cultural norm now to be multitasking as we're listening to someone and we look at a multi-screen, any, any screen in our lives, whether that's a phone or a TV screen. Listening is not a passive experience. It's active. It's intentional. You are giving someone your time. It's a gracious act. It's generous. And it only happens in time. It's this, it is the bastion of manners that we give each other. And frankly, it's the only way culture moves forward. It was J.K. Rowling who said, no story lives unless someone wants to listen. And then it was Maya Angelou who said, there's no greater agony than burying an untold story inside you. And that's the world we're in now with Black Lives Matters and Me Too movement. All these stories held within for generations, they are like a cancer or uranium about to explode. And it was Ronan Farrell who broke through in the New Yorker article last fall of all the women who had been harassed, even raped, by Harvey Weinstein. And he spoke about this in January in The Hollywood Reporter. He said, my mandate was never to believe all the survivors. It was to listen to all the survivors. It's completely possible to be both a skeptical, judicious reporter and also create a space for survivors to be heard. If that inspires people to activism, then it's a job well done. 
Well, as we know from this event, there was a virtual tsunami, a cascade effect of women finally toppling men in power from sexual harassment motives that they had. There was a moment with Louis C.K., the comedian, who actually, unlike most of the men, came forward and said, what you've heard is true. And so now, I will step aside and listen. Listen suddenly has become a noble gesture, a moment, an offering to society. When Gail King went on Stephen Colbert the day that Charlie Rose was fired from CBS Morning News and lost his PBS show, she was flummoxed. She was so upset because Charlie Rose was a very good friend of hers. And finally, Stephen Colbert said, what do you want? And she said, just listen, just listen to us. And that has become the mantra of the Me Too movement. In fact, I believe it's presaged a new era of civility and a possibility. But how do we get there? Just this week, Madeleine Albright, US Secretary of State and the Clinton era said, to recognize what democracy is about, it's based on an active citizenship. People who know what they have to do, are informed, have a good education, and they listen to one another. Okay, so how do you listen? What is the act of listening? Because we've almost lost that art. You know, it was Harper Lee in the groundbreaking, beautiful book, To Kill a Mockingbird, who wrote these lines and put them into the mouth of Atticus Finch. He said to his daughter, Scout, you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. Well, I'm going to show you something here. It's a, a scene from uh, CNN from uh, December 2017. As you all recall, in August of last year, there was a neo-Nazi march in Charlottesville, Virginia. There was a counter-protest. A man who sympathized with the neo-Nazis drove a car into um, a group of counter-protesters and killed a young woman, Heather Heyer. This scene happened at the courthouse in December. In the midst of those trying to scream down hate, a rare occurrence. What's going on, man? How you doing? Daryl Davis, Good. a blues musician, and an imperial uh, wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, agree to meet and find common ground. As, as Americans, your, your Confederate history is as much a part as sure my black is. history is a part of sure yours. It is. And it's time that we got to know one another. That's, you're exactly right. Uh, so how do we convince? You know, we, we can spend we can spend all our life well, arguing, or we or we can move forward. You know as well as I do, my organization has a bad history. But their meeting wasn't welcomed by some. Let me ask you a question. No, do not ask me a question about racist. Well, then you have none. He says you Davis have no says solution. he does and has the KKK robes to prove it. How many of these robes have you gotten handed to you by Klansmen? I probably have about maybe um, 44, 45. Wait, how many ropes have you gotten from the Klansmen? About 44, 45, and, and Klanswomen. And Klanswomen? Correct. Who have said what? They're done. They're done. As a result of... As a result, he says his process is that he just listens. And he says it takes place over time. He says that meeting he had with Billy Snuffer, he said on that day, who was the Imperial Wizard, he said, so it begins. Now, the NAACP is not fond of his motives, but Daryl Davis does this as a private citizen. He steps into the fray 
uh, starts a conversation, and he said, but it begins with listening, and he finds common ground. Now, there's a process called the Oxford process, which I write about in my book. It's by an organization based in the UK, and they bring together the most polarized people from, like, Israel and Palestine. They put them in a different setting, usually a beautiful setting, good food. They, everyone must treat each other courteously, and they have to seek common ground, which is to say, how's the weather? How many children do you have? Anything. And then both sides are allowed to speak and be, must be listened to for an equal amount of time. And then each side paraphrases what they've heard. What you will expect is an aha moment. However slight or faint, something will happen. But it's important they must take turns. They must try to understand, not judge or interrupt. Sometimes you need a third party. But what you will discover is humility. You may even ask for forgiveness. This can be done with just your ordinary daily life when you have friction or you just don't feel like you're understood by someone in your own life. People you work with, a life partner, your children. What if you took five minutes and listened and then just paraphrased back what they say back and forth? It's Leonard Cohen who said, there's a crack in everything and that's how the light gets in. But it was Carl Rogers, the eminent American psychologist who came up with this in the 1950s. He said, if you really understand another person, if you really spend the time to understand their point of view without any attempt to make evaluative judgments, you run the risk of being changed yourself. And for the great majority of us, listening can seem to be too dangerous. So the first requirement is the courage to be able to change yourself. Are you willing? Well, it was G.K. Chesterton who said, never underestimate the five-minute conversation with a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> you might just change their life. But I would say today that it really comes down to the five-minute session where you listen to the 16-year-old boy or someone else. It's a gift of time because being heard is so close to being loved that for most people, they are almost indistinguishable. For those who have ears, let them hear. Thank you. This is Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons on Faith Radio. And that was Bobette Buster talking about the importance of listening. And to be honest, it is hard work, as you heard. It requires going where you feel uncomfortable getting into tense situations. Caleb Kattenbach knows that tension. He's a pastor who as a child was raised by his mom and his homosexual partner. He knows and accepts what the Bible teaches about human sexuality, but he also loves his mom and her friends. He talked a few years ago at a Q conference about living in that tension. People who are all about the grace, that's like holding a rubber band by one side over here, you know. It's weak, it's flimsy, and these people, we love them, but they're like, God loves you, God loves everybody, and their version of God is Olaf the Snowman or Buddy the Elf. I mean, come on, God loves everybody. But then there are the truthers over here. We love them, they're annoying too. But I want to make a point. It's weak, it's flimsy, but check this out. If we say, I'm not going to take sides, I'm going to stand for both grace and truth, like Jesus, where's the power? The power resides in the tension of the two. And you feel this tension all the time. I love my friend, but the Bible says this, but my friend's doing this, but the Bible says, but my, you know, I'm doing this, but God's word says this. 
And I know what this tension is right here that's uncomfortable. It's love. Love is the tension that we feel between grace and truth. And when we just go to one side or the other, we're choosing to run away from love. And Jesus stood for both. Living and loving in that tension also requires a note of welcoming, of hospitality. Greg Thompson speaks about this as part of a series of Q Talks on the seven practices of the church. We have to reprioritize hospitality as the extension of love. Reprioritize hospitality as the extension of love because the love that we have is not just for ourselves. This love that we grow is for our neighbors. And because of this, the work of the Christian church in this world is not the work of excluding our neighbors, but in embracing them through the work of hospitality. And I want you to think about how powerful this is in this age. Think about your open door. Think about your warm welcome. Think about the holiness of pulling up that extra chair, setting out that extra plate, filling that glass one more time, going and finding those linens and putting them on the bed. That is holy. This is the work of hospitality. And I cannot imagine a more powerful protest against the tribal impulse of our own age than that. Welcoming those who are different than we are into our households and expressing love to them. Living out truth and love in a tangible, albeit difficult way is the calling of the church. Here at Q, we talk about staying curious, thinking well, and advancing good. And it's in that order for a reason. Q itself stands for questions. We want to help people engage by asking good questions with a sincere curiosity, then to help them think well so they can better, more effectively, and biblically advance good. That's why this past month you noticed a revamping of the Q Ideas website and a new platform called Q Media. Gabe, again, tell us about it. After 15 years of curating talks, of commissioning research, of analyzing our current context and trying to bring the best thinking, the best talks, the best interviews, the best content to thoughtful Christian leaders, we're now excited to launch our new platform, Q Media. No longer is Q just an event, but now Q can show up with you on your handheld device, on your laptop, on the TV screen, in your living room, or in your office workplace. And by having this content available, our goal is to equip you to lead better conversation right where you've been called. We'll do the hard work and the heavy lifting of giving you the best talks, the best thinking, the thoughtful approaches to some of these difficult issues. And we're asking you to consider who can you bring around the table? Who can you invite into the conversation? Whether it's someone in your workplace or in your home, how can you be a leader that's creating thoughtful dialogue around conversations people want to have but don't always know where to start? Now, on the Q Media platform, there's a variety of ways you can do this. Of course, we're going to have hundreds of talks available to you, each that come with three questions meant to start a real conversation with whomever you've gathered together. But in addition to that, we're curating films and documentaries, series that allow you to go deeper with a particular artist or a thoughtful person who's been inspired to think well about culture. We also have designed courses that allow you to go deeper into a theological framework, a philosophical framework, of how to think well about being a Christian in today's culture. We've curated podcast series and we'll be hosting live events on this platform that give you access to content right when it's happening from leaders that you care about and want to hear from. Instead of being overwhelmed by all the information that's coming in, all the data, all of the research, all of the content providers that are overwhelming us with information, Q wants to be the trusted source for you to curate 
the best content, the best ideas, the best thinking on how a Christian can be faithful to the historic truths of Scripture, but also loving and kind and smart and informed as we try to engage the difficult conversations that lie ahead for Christians engaging today's culture. Learn more or even subscribe to Q Media at qideas.org. In our first talk, we heard from Bobette Buster on the art of listening, but how does that work in practice? To give you a sample, let's travel back to 2016 to a Q Commons event that was held in St. Louis. Now, that event was held two years after the riots that happened after the shooting of Michael Brown. As dark as that time was, there were some working to bring about better dialogue and healing. One person was Rena Hajat Carroll. She works for a nonprofit in St. Louis, and let's listen to her Q Commons talk called Listen, Talk, Learn. Two years ago, a young Ferguson activist came up to me and said, thank you. I had no idea why people cared about me so much. When she said that, I immediately teared up. And I thought to myself, it's working. This is working. Two years ago, I spent about 10 days agonizing after Michael Brown's death. I agonized because I didn't know what our community needed. Managers, human resource directors, employees were calling me from companies saying, what do we do? What is our our community supposed to do? And I didn't have the answer. And as an executive director of a diversity organization, I probably should have had the answer. And I didn't. And I agonized and I agonized and I said, what does our community need right now? And finally, it came to me. I realized that what was happening in our community as the details of Michael Brown's death were unfolding, as other information was coming out, that our community was becoming more and more polarized, more and more divisive, and that what we absolutely unequivocally needed was to come together. What we needed was to understand perspective. We all have different perspectives. We all have a different perspective on what happened to Michael Brown and in all of the incidences that have happened in the past two years. Those perspectives are informed by our lived experiences, by what we saw growing up, by what we thought, by what we've heard, by the conversations that we've had. Those perspectives are real. They are to be valued. They are to be honored because they're your perspectives. But what I learned in my time after Michael Brown's death was no one cared about perspectives. You cared about what you cared about, which is what you thought. I had many conversations with people who didn't want to hear anything about perspective. They said, well, I know what I think. I'm not interested in hearing anything else because I know what I think and what I think is right. And I thought, that's not it, though. That can't be where we stop this conversation. We have to make space for perspective. So we started these sessions called Listen, Talk, Learn. And it was an opportunity to bring people together to do exactly that, to listen, talk, and learn with and from one another. 
I only intended to do about four or five of these because we didn't have the budget. They weren't in our strategic plan. They were, it was just something that happened. But they were so successful. Every single one we did had a wait list that we've now done over 250 of these. More than 3,000 people have attended to listen, talk, and learn with one another and to hear perspective and to understand why does someone think what they think? Where does that come from? And as I was understanding all of this more and more, I thought, we can't stop at perspective. We also have to understand unconscious bias and the role that bias plays in everything that we do. It's not always a bad word. Sometimes unconscious bias gets a bad rap, and it doesn't need to. Bias is normal. It's part of our inherent being. I always say that if you have a brain, you have bias. It's actually something that's originated in the prefrontal cortex of our brains, and we can't do anything about it. And all bias isn't negative. We have some really, really positive biases. But we also have negative biases. And those negative biases sometimes lead to attitudes and perspectives that divide us. So we started encouraging people to think about why they thought what they thought. To really explore what's called your metacognition and how that might inform your biases in a particular situation. And once we can understand a little bit more about what those biases are, whether they are based in race or geography or gender or police versus community, whatever that bias is, we have to figure out, well, what do we do with this? What do we as a community do with this? And that's where this conversation of debate versus dialogue came up for us where we said, it's not helpful to debate one another. Sure, as we heard just a couple minutes ago, we have different opinions. We might disagree, but there has to be a civil and respectful way to talk about those disagreements. And so I believe firmly in this concept of dialoguing rather than debating. Debating is very clearly where your arms are folded, and you're not interested in hearing what I have to say. You're combative, you're close-minded, you're looking to win the conversation. You may not even be listening to what I'm saying because you're formulating what you're going to say. Dialogue is the opposite of that. Dialogue is saying, I am open-minded. Share with me what you think. Let me ask you questions because I don't exactly understand it. Let me be open to collaborating with you and partnering with you in this conversation. And through these 250 Listen, Talk, Learns that we've done, we've seen people do exactly that. They have dialogued with one another. They've said, I don't agree with that. Here's why. We've had people say, that's just not my lived experience. I can't relate to that. Let me share with you what my lived experience is. And through all of this, what we found is that there were lots of commonalities that people were sharing. There were lots of fears in this community. Fears from wives of police officers, fears of the mothers of black sons. That's a shared feeling. 
there were values and feelings around love in this community, saying, we love this community. We want this community to be better. What do we have to do? There was a shared feeling of, let me just hug you because I want to make this work with you. And this happened over and over and over again. And in this community and in this time where we are so divided and so polarized, I think if we can think about the framework of debate versus dialogue, it will take us to the next step. But it's challenging because, again, we think what we think. And I think most of us probably think we're, we're pretty smart. And so, we, you know, again, we think what we think. We think it's the right thing. And so I ask you to just challenge that for yourself and say, I don't know the lived experience of everyone. I don't understand every single perspective. But I'm going to be open to hearing it. I'm going to be open-minded. I'm not going to have my arms folded. I'm going to listen. And if I don't know something, I'm going to use the Socratic method of asking questions. I'm not going to say, that's really stupid. I disagree with you. Instead, I'm going to say, that's really interesting. Can you tell me more about that? Because I think when we enter conversations like that, we really, really can move our community forward. Thank you. We hope you got a lot out of that talk from Rena Hajat Carroll, how she applied a lot of the concepts about the art of listening into a very difficult situation that we all read about in the papers or saw in the news just a few years ago. And hopefully that encourages you to apply the art of listening we heard about earlier on Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, that message from Bobette Buster. Gabe, for those who want to learn more about listening better, what would you recommend? I do want to encourage you. She actually has a book called Do Listen, okay? Do Listen, Understand What's Really Being Said, Find a New Way Forward. That just released this fall, and it's a wonderful book that just takes these ideas even to a new level, and I hope it encourages you. All right, thanks, Gabe. Well, that's been Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons for this weekend. On behalf of Gabe, I'm Paul Perot from Faith Radio. Have a great week. This show is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.